Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Welcome to Set for Life. Today I've got Mike with me and uh, guest speaker. We're going to be talking about maturity. And Mike, anybody that knows me, would they call me mature? I just put, a, put him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Those who walk with you, Ray, I think would say yes. Um, and I was hoping as we were thinking of going over this topic that we can help our listeners realize as well as, as ourselves, mature doesn't mean you're perfect. No. And so just to start off this whole discussion and thought about Christian maturity, it means you walk rightly before God, but it doesn't mean you're without error or sin um, occasionally in your life that you don't have to uh, deal with. You know, maturity uh, in this, what we're thinking of here, everybody's always growing. You know, you're always learning. You're always picking up new things. And guys, first off, let me give this disclaimer. We are just going to play ping pong today. Me and Mike are just going to bounce things off each other and let whatever rides will ride. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if y'all can deal with that, but we, me and Mike both came into this with maturity on our mind, uh, because I have to say there's a lack of it. And I don't mean just in the way people conduct themselves or the way, you know, I'm, I'm talking about spiritual maturity for the most part, because like I came into this. Does does everybody think I'm mature? Well, no. I, people can't tell how old I am, Mike, because I don't act my age. I think that's what it is. So, but I, that's different from spiritual maturity. How you walk in your life, the that's very. I'm not talking about the same thing. That they affect each other. Like if somebody is just very immature, it will affect their spiritual life. Yes, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'm coming more from the standpoint of, and I got a handful of verses here. I'm just going to throw them out, which whatever I got. And let's say, let's start with First uh, Corinthians fourteen twenty. He says, "Brothers, do not be children in your thinking; be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature." So it, I, I like this analogy of say a five year old. You don't put a five year old in a car. You don't let them drive. Right. They will cause damage. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that aren't mature enough for certain things. You shouldn't let them do it. The, the maturity is not there yet. It's not that you don't trust them. It's just it's too much power for them to like a five-year-old in a car. It's too much power. They can't control it. And so we need to be aware of maturity. First off, the you need to know that you must be maturing. You cannot just plateau out and say life's fine and just chill. You have to be maturing, growing. Uh, taking on new challenges, etc. But at the same time, you should not try to overtake things that you're not ready for. That gets dangerous. Like if you just became a Christian today, don't run out and try to think you're doing all these big things that uh, 
I mean, there's some guys that have had time in it. You can get in a hurry. I've seen people get in a hurry. Oh, I'm going to get in a ministry like right now. And then they go and they hurt people and it causes damage. You got to be careful. You got to understand your spiritual maturity. Yeah. And even you, when you, as you speak of that, right, it makes me think of Paul's writing where he states that not many of you should be teachers. He said that. Because teachers yeah. will be, have a, and I'm kind of paraphrasing the verse, but they will have a more strict judgment right. or scrutinized uh, more deeply and heavily. Because you're, when you're teaching, when you're preaching, when you're leading a ministry or uh, a Christian effort, you're up front, you're public. And if you're not able to deal with numerous things, being the stress of it, the demands, the popularity, mm-hmm. the success, mm-hmm. pride is waiting and a number of other sins are waiting at the door of your mind and heart to jump right on board and to make you stumble. You got to have the maturity maturity to be able to see these traps before you get there. Right. And some people don't. Or to even to submit someone to someone uh, or walk with them if they identify it in your life and they go, "Hey brother, um I noticed you were, you know, fading over this way. You've been kind of, you know, doing this." And you're like, "Well, bless God. No, I'm, you know, the lead minister. I'm just going to go yeah, get it. Yeah. I'm, you know, pressing in and if you get pride and big headed, it it doesn't take much, you know. Right. So, you know, uh, an illustration just hit my mind. You know, even my three, four year old grandson, he understands what a car is. He mm-hmm. understands that people get in it. It's got wheels and it rolls and it goes from A to B. He mm-hmm. understands that. But I can remember when me and Dad were overhauling engines and pulling transmissions out. I had to walk with him to know how to do that. I know the car moves, but I needed his maturity to do bigger things than just get in the car and go somewhere. So I think there's a lot of um, people jumping too quick, thinking that they can take on all the big things and they get hurt. Mm -hmm. And when they get hurt, they end up hating the church. They hate pastors and they, they label us as these dangerous people. We're not the dangerous Mm -hmm. ones. It's the people that are so fiery, over fiery beyond their Mm -hmm. maturity. There's nothing wrong with fire. But when they get too crazy with it and they try to run out there and they, they don't walk with someone, they get in trouble. I mean, you're not going to catch my grandson pulling a transmission out of a truck. <laughs> I mean, he's not there. Maybe someday. Yeah. So maturity is what's on our mind. And I probably the last per- person to talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> you know, you know, you, Ray, you mentioned about people think that you're younger than you actually are because of the way. You be you behave. I'm just happy, I guess. I don't know. There's the difference between acting youthful, right? Than there is. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) Of of acting youthful (laughs) and and then being mature in your faith, right? Um, We have fun. You know, you and I, we go out to eat, we hang out, we go places, and we sometimes we get somewhat silly. We don't get uh, coarsely silly, like uh, not alcohol silly right. or cuss word right. silly or yeah. offensive to making a yeah. fool of every, ourselves and everybody. Yeah, right. So we have fun. It doesn't mean that you have to be a dry, leathery, you know, oh, unemotional. Yeah, yeah. It's not well, like a robot Christian. Yeah, you like know. those old pastors that people <laughs> stereotype. In the beginning, the Lord said, "Oh God, kick me out of this church, please. I'll never make it." <laughs> and I'm sure some of you who are listening, you've probably seen some of the uh, Christian films or Bible films where they portray Jesus as never smiling. Oh, like or, the old movies. He didn't yeah, even blink. Yeah, he doesn't. He's almost, almost He's a like robot a, zombie. Yeah, and like... It's not, doesn't look personable just, at all. And if when you read the scriptures, it, it, it doesn't even reflect that right. he walked around looking like that or doing that. 
So we're not talking about some stoic religious character as far as your maturity goes, but a stability, a a consistent strong strengthening and growing of your faith. And when I Ray, when I think of maturity, I think a lot about plants too. Uh, my wife and I we garden a lot, and what happens if a plant does not grow? It's it's created to grow, and so are animals, and so are we physically, uh, so far as cells. Reproduction, all well, you that. You got to get in there and help it, right? But if that plant is going to have any fruit that is useful or yummy, if it's a fruit tree or a you know tomato plant or whatever, it's got to grow up to its stage, right? And it's not going to produce anything until it gets there. If yeah. it goes, oh look at my green leaves, I'm staying right here. These flowers are beautiful, mm. but if it doesn't let those flowers change and progress and and grow the way it's designed that mm. God put it in there, it's not going to get to to fruit. Mm-hmm. Now that analogy all the way through if you follow it a lot of fruits have seeds in them and the way that they multiply themselves or continue to grow is that that fruit dies and you know the bible clearly tells us as we take up our cross daily that we are to die to ourselves and that's basically to say several things and i'll just reword the basic principle that that Paul teaches in many other writings. If we think too highly of our own opinion, we think too that our view of God is the correct only view, and if, even if it conflicts with the scriptures, that's not a form of maturity. You know, we have to be willing to die to self. Uh, for instance, there's certain things that at this point in my life, as far as ministry goes, I would be preferring to do some other things or additional things that my heart desires or that I enjoy doing. But it's not season for me, mm-hmm. for different reasons, mm-hmm. for where God's had us walking together and where we are in growth as a church body. It's not time. Right. And I've had to die to that desire to wait for a season if it's going to happen. And I've come to a place where if it never happens, am I content with that? If God is not going to let me do certain things that I kind of would like to do, am I going to throw a fit and go, well, God's not going to let me do this, so I'm just going to leave the church? Mm-hmm. Is that maturity? That's immaturity, now, actually. who's the king? Yeah. You know, it gets back to sovereignty, which is a whole other subject. But part of maturity is understanding God's sovereignty and lordship. Do We we call him lord. Yeah. So he's king, and in our day and age, we call it, he's the boss. Yeah. You know, am I ready to obey my king? And I say this for myself. This is not just for those who are listening today, but it's also for, for Ray and I here that we have to keep that attitude. He's the king. Mm-hmm. I'm not. If you if you're the king of your life, and I'm the center, and he's not, yeah, I would re-examine because yeah. uh, as Ray says many times, there can only be one king on the throne, you know, at a and, time, and, yeah. yeah, and yeah. one of and if you're on there, and he's well, not, yeah, well, you, yeah, you ha- that's what calls us to die to self, right? And you know, uh, talking about a season, I'm glad you said that. Uh, for those that go to my church, uh, here's an here's the interesting story. I've got a church now. We're calling we're going to call it uh, Calvary Chapel Set for Life. Uh, yeah, of course, it goes along with the name of this podcast, which is awesome. But for a season of at least eight years, uh, we had no building lease of our own to meet in. Uh, we were in a library conference room at one time. We were in a house a number of times. We were in a restaurant room. It was upstairs, and so we called it the upper room. <laughs> yeah. It was a literal upper room. And you had to buy uh, food there from the restaurants. Everybody had to buy something good to eat, which everybody loved it. But it meant every time you went there to eat, you were paying money. Um, 
So, you know, we uh, COVID came and the, the school system we were in, God bless them for the time we had with them, but they said, you have to clear, you got to leave. And that was immediate. We, we were kind of out on the street figuring out where to go, but the Lord gave us a new place. But it was never our place. And so Mike here has helped me. We go and set up and tear down before and after every service. We got to go to the storage facility. We got to grab all this gear, that big, heavy sound system. We got to go put it up, put the speakers up on poles. We got to set the chairs out and all this, and then tune it up, get it all right every time. I mean, Mike, right? Every time. Right. And And I've only been helping doing like two or three years now. Yeah. And, and, but it's every week. So, but you know the work 52 times a year. Carry it in, carry it out, roll up cables, (laughs) hook cables up, put it on a cart, whatever. Uh Fill your whole car up to take it back to storage. Everybody's Mm -hmm. done with church. Oh, let's go have lunch. And we're looking at each other. We still got to go to storage, storage. you know? (laughs) So, uh, well, we just signed on our first lease as of the time of this recording on February. Actually, I signed on it February 9th. It's the 10th today of 2023. And we just signed on it, which we're anxious to get our gear in there and we never have to take it out again. Matter of fact, I'm going to look at that sound system when we get it in there. After we finish our first service, I'm going to mm-hmm. look at the sound system and I'm going to say, stay, stay <laughs> here. And then we're going to leave it. I, um, it, but guys, it was not our season yet. It right. was not our season to get into this because, mm-hmm. and I'm talking eight years, guys. I'm talking eight years of being a pastor, running a church. Some of y'all, you get saved and kabam, you want to go lead a bunch of people. You don't even know how to lead yourself yet. The Bible says as a minister, you have to have a good, well-managed family first. That is a prerequisite. So if your family's a wreck, you cannot lead anybody else. You have to be led first. So even even as good a state as I was in, good family, uh, everything's going going pretty good. Nobody hates anybody. We all get along. We still had to wait for the season. So, uh, and then the season hit, and here's, here's where the Lord comes in. And I just want to throw this in because it's what's happening right now, and it, it relates, and Mike's part of the story. I was uh, waiting through a, well, we were going through a worship service uh, at church. How long ago was that? Uh, October. October. Was it was that September? long? Was it like, what, two, three months yeah, two, ago? At least, yeah. Okay, well, let's call it that, two to three months ago. And I was just kind of in my worship moment just there. And uh, Byron, our worship director, is up front. He's playing, singing his heart out for the Lord. And everybody in the church is praising. And the Lord said, of course, okay, let me just tell you how it was at the time I heard it. I heard a, quote, thought. (laughs) And it was, expect big moving changes. Expect big moving changes. And of course, my first reaction was, oh, that was probably my wishful thinking. Those were my thoughts. So, okay, wonderful. But what if it was the Lord? Because it had a little more umph to it than my thoughts ever do. And I started thinking, this might be the Lord. And so then I heard, as like I thought in my mind, it said, it, it, was, it was, go tell Mike. Because Mike was in church service. He was over there by the sound system, kind of monitoring and praising, do the things he does for our church. Then I got scared, Mike, because what if it's just my thoughts and now I go tell you, well, now I'm not under that little comfortable place of privacy where what if big changes never come, then that means I never told anybody. So who who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm wrong and not, no changes ever happen, at least I'm not accountable to you. But that's exactly why I was told to tell you, to mm-hmm. make myself immediately accountable to it. So I had to go through a few 
I don't know, 10 to 15 seconds of faith versus fear. Do I tell Mike or not? And it hit me again. You need to tell Mike right now. Don't Mm -hmm. keep this to yourself and don't hide it from him because Mike is one of my deacons. So I'm like, well, all right, here goes. And (laughs) it's kind of that attitude of, Lord, at least if it was you, at least I tried. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I went over to Mike and I told Mike, I said, Mike, uh, I don't remember exactly how I worded it to you. Something to the effect of expect big moving changes. And Mike, you had a look on your face about as puzzled as the one I probably had. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did that mean to you at the time? Well, if as you walk with the Lord, and this is part of maturity that we are t- on the topic about today, I take something, when, especially if somebody says, the Lord said this, or I feel like the Lord said that, you take it and you be- immediately, you be- two things, you begin to pray over it, mm-hmm. and you place it before the Lord in prayer. And you you start searching your heart to see where you it, don't immediately buy right, into it. Well, yeah. it, where it matches the word of God, because yeah. two things: if you're uh, and these are important, critical things of maturity. One, you need to know the word of God. And for those of you listening, if you look at Ray's logo and the things that he promotes and his website and all, it says verse by verse. The reason being, it's not Ray's opinion. Mm-mm. Now he'll give you his insights of the Bible that he's learned through school and through maturity of reading the word for how many decades now. But the main thing is it's verse by verse. Uh, Our mission statement is, you know, we're creating authentic disciples by the word of God. And I'm kind of rewording it, but basically that's it. That Not by what I think. Right. Not what he thinks or we think, but by the word of God. So you take a word like that and you see, does it match the word of God? Great. Then you pray. And immediately I began praying, said, Lord, and I get excited mm-hmm. when I, when, especially, and, and I know you, and, and for y'all listening, Ray doesn't walk around saying, oh, the Lord told me this. Oh, the Lord told me that. Thus saith yeah, the Lord. He does yeah. not do that. He's yeah. very, very discerning and very cautious. Now, obviously the Lord does speak to him like this at times when it's the season and when God has a purpose in it and he, and I've seen him obey it and I've seen him blessed. So, and this is one of those times. So I began to pray over it. And watching expectantly, and and him and I kind of would occasionally speak about that. So those, I encourage you, for those of you who are maturing in the Lord, when you someone says, I have a word for you, or you feel like the Lord says something, first begin to pray in the Holy Spirit by discernment, and, and, and compare it to God's word. Does it fit contextually with God's word? If it's somebody that you don't know that comes up to you and says, I have a word for you, and the Lord told me to tell you that you need to go do this. Friends, you need to learn to test the spirits. You need to know to discern who's talking to you. I don't doubt somebody's talking to you. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Oh, but Ray, it had to do with something that happened last week, and that confirms it to me. No, you need to confirm it with the Word of God, the person that tells you. Who are they? Mm -hmm. Do you know them? Do you know the first thing about them? Right. Um, Do they have anything that backs it up against Mm -hmm. God's Word? So that's kind of where I was at when I told you that, and and Mm -hmm. I think the Lord had me tell you because you know me. Right. And I've been with you at least four years now, or going on four years or greater. Yeah. And I have yet to see any ungenuine type, if that's a word, anything that's not, that you're not striving to be genuine and real before God and humble. So I do my best. That, and that's one thing I appreciate, but it's all the glory to the Lord. Cause I've always desired to have a pastor and a man of God that has that type of character and humility to say, I'm going to do my best. 
and I'm going to give it to you. It's not me anyway. It's the word of God. And he says that almost every Sunday. <laughs> and, yeah. and people go out of there just, man, I've never. And, and folks, I've been a Christian for more than several decades now. And it's such a rare thing to hear a man of God have that much humility to say, it's not me. It's God's word. I'm going to do my best. And God, you use it however good or not good that I preach. So it's, again, appreciating that of him. But when he said that to me, that's why I, I comfortably took it to heart and prayer. Instead like, of immediate yeah, suspicion. Like, instead of like, yeah. Oh, yeah, grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. People say that all the time. And yeah, yeah it just, but it just, it just struck me. And I was already seeing other things going on in, in the congregation with some people and some things that matched the season that, that, it, that it led to. So here we are. We're standing here with this word, expect big moving changes. And what does that mean? My first thought was, are we going to get a building lease? Because then we got to move in there and then we're going to be, all these changes are going to happen. Well, that did happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I said, yesterday I signed on a lease. I was just driving through town uh, weeks after this big moving changes uh, word hit us that we didn't know what it meant. What does big moving changes even mean? I have no clue. So I'm just driving through town and I see this place that had a church in it before and I it ended up having a resale shop or something in it. And I looked there and I saw there was nothing inside and there was no for lease sign up yet either. And I thought, well, I'm looking. So I get out of the truck and I go look and there's nothing in there. And I'm like, I'm going to walk around this whole shopping center until I find something about a for lease. I found a sign somewhere. It had a phone number. So we called it and they said, yeah, it's available. So we were like on it like before anybody knew. And so here's another thing. Our maturity came up with prayer. And Mike was talking about that prayer. We've been praying for years, at Actually, least as long as you've known me. About two, uh, real intensely on an ongoing basis, just to give you a sense that maturity is a, is a, a lot of it is a time thing, that it happens over a period of time. You can mature quickly or you can mature slowly, but it's still relative to time. We had been praying specifically, I think, closing, closing in around two years. Yeah, at our public prayer group. Yes. With others yes. in the church. So right. What have we been praying for? Just to let them know what we've prayed yes. for specifically on this building. That we had been praying for, one of the items was a landlord that wanted a church in there and that had a heart for churches. Yeah. And then if you want to explain what happened when you started working with the realtor. Yeah, the realtor. Oh my gosh, it was great. The realtor. Um, okay, so we prayed. We want a, a landlord that just wants to bless a church. So I'm talking to the landlord. I mean, not the. I've not talked to the landlord yet. Excuse me, the realtor. I was talking to the realtor the other day, and we didn't close on it yet. But he said, "You know what? The you've got a good landlord." And I said, "What do you mean? I have a landlord? I haven't signed anything yet." And he was, <laughs> he's already calling it done. You know, I said, right. "It's not done yet." So anyway, uh, he said, "You've got a good landlord because he said to me that he really wants to put a church in there." And I stopped breathing. I think. And I'm like, I'm like, keep going, keep going. And he said, um, he said, well, what he said, what the landlord said was, if I can get a church in there, then I can be blessed back. If I can bless a church, then I know the blessing comes back to me. And that's why I've made the rent so cheap. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, a pastor friends of mine that have been paying on leases for years now, they asked me how much square feet and how much are you given. And I told them, 
And one of them texted me back and he goes, say that again. I don't know why he said, say that again. It was in a text. All you got to mm-hmm. do is look at the text that I already sent you. It's not like you missed hearing Did it. Did you mistype that? It's, <laughs> it's in there, right? It's just look at it. Well, he actually texted. Did I hear you say, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny for only this much a month? I said, yeah. He goes, dude, that is unheard of. It is. I have never heard of rent being that cheap. Well, we've been, Mike. You and I both have been looking hard yeah, so online. You, and you learn a lot. You learn how much it's going for in this city or that city. Old part or new part right. of the city. Yeah. yeah, and it just, it is. Expensive even, or cheap. Even for us unprofessionals, as far as realty goes and leasing buildings, um, it's, it's unheard of. But the thought I had, Ray, when you were saying that is, it's a God thing. It has to be. You know, and it's a part of maturity. Let God do it for you. We don't have to have our sticky fingers and be the ones that take credit for every single thing that goes on in a church body. Matter of fact, it's better if we don't have our sticky fingers because they're messy. Mm-hmm. We're here on this earth. We're in this world. We're not perfect. So letting God, giving him the room. And, and that's one thing we wanted. We agreed at the beginning of this. This is not us. This is us following our king. This is all the glory, all the praise, all the credit of what is going on goes unto God the Father, the God of Israel, and his son Jesus Christ. Because through his Holy Spirit, we're just following him. We're doing our best to follow him and obey him. And that's part of maturity is to keep our eyes on him, humble ourselves before him, and and follow him and stay in a line of obedience where he can bless us. He wants to, but we have to be mature enough to to put our hands out and go, okay, Lord, I'm not going to grab the steering wheel. I have empty hands. Why do you think we worship with our hands facing up, with our palms facing up? With your hands open. Yeah, open. I have nothing. Right. Lord, I come empty. I come empty. I I have no weapons in my hand to fight you with, Lord. I have nothing of my own. Right. And it sounds childish, but yeah, but who are you? You're God. Child of God. If you believe in Jesus, you are. Right. So you say, Father, I trust you. Yeah. And I have another story I won't get into right now, but basically learning to go through things and and put your hands out. So, Lord, this is a difficult season. And some of you may be going through a difficult season right now. You might be having a challenge with a relationship, an illness, financial struggles. Um, you may have a lot of, you may have lost a loved one and you feel desperate. You feel lost and you don't know what to do. Sometimes the maturity as a child of God to lift up your hands to your heavenly father who loves you, cares for you and will be with you and bless you is to lift up your hands and say, Lord, my hands are empty. I need you. Please help me. Amen. That's maturity. Now that sounds helpless, but yeah, who are we? We're we're sinners saved by grace. Exactly. I couldn't figure this out. I, I'm not the one that made that lease empty. I'm not the one that made that landlord mm-hmm. decide he wanted to bless a church. This was not me, right? And I just got back today, like uh, an hour or more before we did this podcast. Well, the first thing you need in a building lease is chairs, mm-hmm. and so I found online some chairs from a church. And when they found out I'm not just a guy with a restaurant or something, I'm another church, Mike, they were giving me things for free. Cool. They, I said, well, I'm here for the, what, 90 or 100 some odd chairs, whatever. And they said, okay, here it is and all that. Well, who are you and what, do you, you know, what are you going to put them in? Just curious. I said, what's well, a church? We're new. We don't have anything. And they just had a heart for me. They felt for me because they were a big, huge church and we have nothing. And they were like, oh. Well, they pointed at a pile of churches over there, and they said, well, let's give him those churches. Chairs. Uh, those chairs, chairs. Right. Uh, did I say churches? <laughs> yes. I got church on my mind. They go, let's give them those chairs, too. 
Uh-huh. And do you do you need this? And how about one of these? And do y'all have one of? The, and they're just like throwing things on me. I'm thinking <laughs> I thought this was a one day trip with a trailer. It's going to be a two hauler now. Now uh-huh. I got to go twice, but that's great. I'm yeah. glad to be blessed. And it came. Mm-hmm. the The season has arrived. But friends, it was full. Before that, it was full of obedience up front. Mm-hmm. It was years of it. I've had back surgery. I've had abdominal surgery. I've had knee surgery, yet I'm still picking up all the gear, putting it in my truck with friends helping me, carrying it to the church, set it up, go through service, tear it down, go back and put it in, in storage again. I, you know, because God, you know, I've had these surgeries, you know, I, I'm fit guys, don't get me wrong, but I've, I, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> and you're thinking, where's the, where's the season, Lord? When are we finally, mm-hmm. I, Mike, I was sitting at a group, uh, a pastor's conference and they said, uh, they asked me, so how's your church? And I was telling them about it. And I said, we set up and tear down. I saw these pastors had this look on their face like they wanted to throw up. They were like, oh my God, you set up and tear down every time. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh my, I said, no, 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 stop, stop doing that. I'm happy like it is. Don't give mm-hmm. me a reason oh, yeah. to groan. I, I, I'm, I'm fine. Don't, don't make me feel like it's terrible, you mm-hmm. know? And so, friends, in your maturity, are you in a place where you're you're just doing the best you can with what you got, or are you too hung up on better? I want better. I want more. Be fine with what you've got. That's part of your maturity, but you've got to grow into the place where God's getting you to, because if he let you have it now, you'd blow something up. Mm-hmm. You, it would blow up in your face. That's why you don't have it. Lord, why don't I have this yet? Lord, why am I still contending with this trial? Well, Lord, why am I? Because it's not time for you to have it. And I like that you share that, Ray, because as I look back, I know for myself, if this would have happened, say, even two to three years ago, far as my attitude and my character and where he has us now, I don't think I would have been 100% ready. You know, I don't think, um, and, I've, and again, I've seen him doing things in our, in our body and with other people to align us, to be of the same vision, the same heart. And it just really is neat to see how he's structured it and timed it and brought it all together. And then when you really have that expectancy, it, it brings joy to your heart. It does. And yeah. as Ray was talking about, you know, breaking up, setting down, breaking, yeah, it's tiring, but am, or, and, and let's just challenge yourselves. Am I doing it with joy though? Because I know when I put up that sound speaker, the good news of Jesus Christ is going to go through those that sound system. The people sitting in that congregation and the recording that we're working on is going to go all over the world, which is one of our main outreaches here. But that's just that's for what God has us doing. But those questions are, when God puts us to do something, are we content? As Paul said, I'm content with plenty and I'm content with little. That either way, I've learned to, to live. But he said, I learned to live with both. He didn't just... Walk in faith, and all of a sudden it happened. Dun, dun, like, dun. like sunbeam comes yeah, down, uh, and I'm energized, yeah. and I can do it all. Yeah, you take know? your faith powder and add yeah. water, and it's mm. instant faith. It's not. He was tried. He was tested. And even Jesus, when uh, he knocked him off the horse, the donkey, on his way to go persecute Christians, the first thing he told the the man of God that was going to go pray for him and heal him, he said, "I'm going to show Paul the things he must suffer." For my name's sake. When Paul was going right. to go persecute yeah. Christians. Yeah. yeah. When Paul was going to go yeah. that, he said, mm-hmm. I'm going to show the things that Paul, who was, that was suffer, Saul, yeah. what it was going to suffer. So yeah. are, are we willing to walk through those seasons for the Lord to do a work in our life? It builds, uh, friends, 
I could not go enter into a Mr. Olympia contest right now. I would probably only win maybe fourth place or something. <laughs> but if you're going to expect to be the champion, you've got to work out. And when you work out, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Your muscles are going to hurt. You're going to strain them. But that's exercise you got to go to to mature up to the level to beat that the champion. Uh, Romans 5 verse 3, he says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Hmm. So, friends, I'm going to ask you, do you not have any hope? There went my phone. There, do you not have any hope? Friends, what I want to ask you is, friends, what I want to ask you is, do you not have hope right now? Because if you don't have hope, as according to the uh, passage I just read, are you rejoicing in your sufferings? Hmm. Or are you complaining? and upset and mad at God because of the way your life is, because you're not further up the road than you think you should be. You really need to praise God for holding you back, because if you got up there where you want to go, you would make it even worse. Trust me, Christian, we're the sinner. He's not. He knows everything we don't. If we took on now everything we wish we had, we would. it would blow up in our face. Mm-hmm. So are you rejoicing in your sufferings. Well, I want better. Well, why does God want me to go through this? Doesn't God want me to be happy? I've heard this. I've heard right. this from supposed Christians telling me this. Mm-hmm. Why does God let me ha- deal with this? or ha- Why am I having to go through this mess? If Shouldn't God give me the things I want so that I could? They don't word it like that, because if you said it to them like that, they would go, oh, well, I didn't say that. But they are saying it. Mm-hmm. Are you rejoicing in your sufferings? You do know that you've got to go through this because it matures you. It matures you up. How many of you went to school and you hated it? The alarm clock goes off. You got to get up early in the morning. You got to sit in class. You got to write reports. I hate that. But are you now smarter for it? Are you better disciplined for it? So is your Christian walk, friends. We got to get to a season. Mike, I'm glad to be in the season we just arrived to. Yes. However, it's going to bring a lot of changes with it. We're going to be busy, right? <laughs> and you New know, level. Yeah, and you learn after a while when you do get into a new season, you almost are kind of watching the horizon for challenges that you're going to face. Because to the thought that you'll never have a challenge, never have a problem, never have any difficulties is really immature. For one, we're in a fallen world. It's just part of- I'm telling you. It's, it's you know part of dealing with ourselves, with people, with a sinful nature. Even as Christians, that we make mistakes and fall short and have to submit to one another, walk in love, and mature with one another. Well, guess what? When you're maturing with each other, sometimes you're going to have things you just got to work through. And even the disciples in the Bible had had issues that uh, um, Paul and Peter and, uh, and over Luke, you know, there's a number of things that happened that we could spend time on and look at, but just examples that even the the first church had issues like this. Issues and warfare. Uh, there's a saying, new levels, new devils. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we signed on the lease. Well, we had a prayer meeting there the other night, and I told a bunch of the church people that could. I said, hey, let's go pray out in front of our new place. We couldn't get in yet because <laughs> I didn't have the keys, but we were praying outside of it. So we prayed, and everybody thought, oh, this is going to be great. You know, the 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 there's a construction crew redoing the outside. It's going to look all new. Everybody's excited. So everybody left and went to eat or something. I'm standing in the parking lot with Byron, our worship guy. And we're just kind of looking at it like, what kind of sign are we going to put up? Because the whole city's going to see it. You know, we're just thinking, you know, mm-hmm. forward, excited. 
some person comes walking out of the darkness because it, it, it was at night and they just come walking through the parking lot and stop and talk to us about what we're doing. And they immediately went after us saying, don't, and here's what they specifically said. Don't you think this town has enough churches as it is? This town doesn't need another church. And this demon spoke through that person to try to get us to doubt the word of God's big moving changes that he Mm -hmm. told me months before. Right. Tried to get me to disbelieve what we had been told and what brought us to here. So, friends, you're going to mature to a new new level, to a new season. When you arrive, first thing the enemy is going to do is send you people that's going to— the enemy has his little puppets hanging on their little strings. He's going to make them walk in and try to tell you every reason to doubt God. And we had to face up to that. Byron didn't know what to say. He was like, what? And I dealt with this individual, and they walked away, and they were just mocking and just shouting and stuff. And I looked at Byron. He goes, man, that was weird. I'm like, that's the enemy trying to make us doubt. Right. So it comes with that. Your, yeah. your maturing comes with the enemy trying to make you doubt. So friends, are, let me ask you a question because Mike brought this up a bit ago. You've got to have the word of God in you. You've got to be reading it. You've got to know it. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how many minutes are left on this podcast, but if you have not been reading your Bible, you need to stop this podcast right now. You can listen to it later. You go pick up your Bible and read three chapters. It'll take you some books. It'll take you five minutes a piece, maybe two minutes each. You need to go read your Bible. Mm -hmm. Then come back and finish this podcast. That's a prerequisite to this podcast. You must be in the word of God. Yes. So you've got things coming. You need to be ready for. What do you think? You agree, Mike? Yes, 100%. And just to cover an example, the thing that happened to Ray and Byron that the other night, it's the same old trick that goes all the way back to the book of Genesis when the serpent was in the garden and Eve was hanging around the, the tree, uh, the tree of the fruit of the li- the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he goes, no, you won't die. God knows yeah. you'll become as God. Don't and, listen to what God and said. D- did he not say that? I mean, yeah. you won't die. And so, right, it's the same trick. Same and, but thing. But part of maturity is learning that. And if you don't read it and understand it, you don't recognize the yeah. enemy's ways uh, of, of, of messing with you and of dealing with you yeah. and of, of deceiving you. And it, sh- it tells you and it gives you the original plan and not the deceiver's plan. And, you know, I know we just dramatize a little bit. Uh, sometimes you listen to narrations or you watch movies where the bad guy comes up and he says, you don't need that apple or whatever fruit. God doesn't know. And they dramatize their voice. And it sounds, mm-hmm. oh, you automatically don't trust this guy because he sounds, mm-hmm. you know, like a villain. Right. Okay. Well, it's not always going to be like that, friends. It's going to be people that are very convincing, people that are very smart, that have mm-hmm. good ideas. And they're going to say things to you that seem to make sense. And they're not going to sound like the 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 witch, you know, Dorothy. <laughs> the wicked witch know. of the West. Yeah, they're not going to sound like that. Yeah. They're going to sound like mature people. And right. that's what's going to trick you. You've mm-hmm. got to know God's word. Mm-hmm. You've got to know the calling that God has put in your life that he, for you to do. And the only way you're going to ever be able to discern those things mm-hmm. as if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That means the Holy Spirit indwells you to give you that discerning understanding. Otherwise, you are an easy target. I was just about to ask you that. It's like, I was like, well, some of you may be thinking, so I have to do this on my own? What do I have to do? What's I, I, the book? You, you, What's the steps? Right. I'd have to do this on my own? No, you don't. When Jesus ascended after his uh, crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection, 
He said, I, and he appeared to the disciples, and you can read all that in Acts and other books, but it says, I will send you a helper. I will not leave you alone. I will send to the Father, so go and wait, and I will send you the helper, the Holy Spirit, and he will lead you into all truth. And that's yes, that's what he, he left. does it. So we're not alone. His presence is lives within us. When you were born again of the Spirit of God, His Holy Spirit lives within you to seal you, to Thank teach God. you, to sh- oh yes, and to strengthen you and to give you desires you won't have in your own flesh. They're just not there. He will change your desires. It's like changing your tastes. He'll yeah. change the way you think, and mm-hmm. He'll enable you to do things that you can't do on your own. He'll do it, mm-hmm. Mike. Um, Man, the last person on earth that should be called to be a pastor is me, because <laughs> I know what I've done, and mm-hmm. I know the mess I've made of things. And to, when I first got called into this, I'm like, Lord, why me? I'm going to do nothing but mess this up. Mm-hmm. He goes, that's right. You would have messed it up, but right. you watch what I do. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I'm preaching, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to miss one of these sermons. I want to record it. And I think the Lord put that in me, because I started with a... <laughs> My first recording gear was an iPhone and a $30 lapel mic that clipped to my shirt, okay? And I recorded it. Well, when I got the recordings, I'm like, well, let's figure this podcast thing out. Well, then I figured out how to make a podcast. Well, then uh, the Lord gave me radio experience over 20 years. So I Mm -hmm. thought, well, let's try to put it on the radio. Now it's all over the world. And some of the radio stations that have picked it up have given me a free slot. Uh, we'll, We'll broadcast you twice. Mm-hmm. Then they said, well, how about three times? I've got a station over near us. They they broadcast me six days a week for nothing. Mm-hmm. And friends, what I'm trying to tell you is I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm not that smart. I don't know how to make these things happen. Mm-hmm. People look at me, well, how'd you do that, Ray? I tell them I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. This is the Lord who did this. He had this planned out for me all along. Right. All I had to do was follow in obedience mm-hmm. to it, and he unloaded the rest. And friends, that's what we're trying to tell you. The Lord God will, fill, will fulfill that which concerns you. Right. He has a purpose that you fit into, and if you're going to keep sticky fingers on the steering right. wheel or whatever right. it was, as you said, mm-hmm. trying, God, I've got this. God, you don't know what you're doing. This is my life. You keep acting like that. You're never going to find out what that fulfillment is. He's never going to take you to the seasons that you could be having. You're not going to advance upward in the faith. You're going to wonder, why has God not really seemed to be with me? Well, the question is, why won't you step out of the way mm-hmm. and let him take over? Right. He'll do things with you. You have no idea who you're dealing with. It's so <laughs> awesome. It's incredible. I'm just, Mike, okay, so here we are. We signed a lease. We're not in there yet, mm-hmm. but we're about to be. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just thinking of the things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. People are going to see us now because mm-hmm. we're not tucked away like we, you know, God bless the church that is well known uh, that has been hosting us, but they don't know, uh, the people in town don't know us yet as right. much. Right. Things are going to change. I think people are going to come and it's going to be a blessed, blessed time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so much that we don't have to carry stuff to the storage anymore. I'll do that for the rest of my life if right. the Lord would so choose right. for me to do Same it. Same here. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just glad we arrived somewhere. But I know that with this new season, it's not, oh, I have arrived. Friends, never, ever <laughs> say that. Never say I have arrived. You have never arrived. When you get called home and you stand before the Lord Jesus in eternity— then, then you can say, I have arrived, arrived, but never say that down here because you're never arrived down here. Just do the best you can with what you've got, friends, and be content in that. Gosh, y'all go listen to my podcast with John Schlitt of the band Petra. 
Uh, we talked about Be Content, and this man was a professional rock and roller with the band Head East, and he sang songs such as Never, uh, what is it, Never Been Any Reason, I think, and then they fired him because he got too crazy. Well, then he lost his identity. Well, what do I do now? He had to mature. First, mm-hmm. he had to get saved. Then he had to mature, and then he mm-hmm. come, got brought on to sing for Petra for many years and still does, and it he went through a time where he had to learn to be content with what he had. Because there was a time when he wasn't singing at all. Right. He wasn't a rocker at all. He worked right. in a mine. Mm-hmm. And he was happy. He was good. Friends, are you there? Are you happy? Are you content? Are you maturing? Are you studying God's word? Do you even have the Holy Spirit in you? That's what we're trying to emphasize to you. We are reaching through this podcast, through this radio show, to you, wherever you are in the world to try to tell you that it's time to let God take over and let him take you up to new levels because we want you to be blessed along with us in the body of Christ. Right. Second Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. There you go. Don't just say, oh, you know, being a Christian is just waiting to die. I've heard some people, they think like that. It's not waiting to die. It's now. Being a Christian is right now. Mm -hmm. And you got to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, it says. You've got to grow in this. This means you can't stay where you have always been. Uh, Mike, if you came over and you walked in the house and I was having dinner and I was sitting in a high chair, and Anna, my wife, was feeding me Gerber food with a airplane-shaped spoon, and she was doing theatrics. Okay, here it comes. You know what would you think? Do y'all do this every day? Is it? Yeah. That's not where I should be. Right. I should be well grown up, well past that. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all out there have been Christians for twenty, thirty, fifty years, and you're still expecting to be fed with an airplane-shaped spoon, and you require theatrics to take it down. You need to get away from entertainment church. You need to get away from, well, well, that pastor didn't have anything for me today. You need to get in the word of God for yourself. Cut your own meat. Right. And you need to grow into that. And you'll find out it's actually very good food. You need to grow into this. Mike, uh, have you been to the Danbury Steakhouse with me before? Yes. Is that good steak? Yes. Would you rather eat that or Gerber? <laughs> Made I, my point. Silly question. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, are you growing? Are you maturing in Christ? Mike, uh, people are listening to us today and they say, I want that. I'm tired of where I've always been. Hmm. I, I got to break out of this somehow. I don't know how to get out of it. Friend, if you don't know how to get out of it, then you're in the best place. Because if you had a plan and you're worried why the plan hasn't worked and you're still trying to execute that plan, you're in a bad spot. Mm -hmm. But if you, my friend, are in a position you need help and you don't know what to do, then you are prime pickings to receive this message. Mike, tell them how they can be saved by Jesus and turn their life over to the Lord for him to take over. As we spoke earlier, there is a form of maturity that you have to be willing to say, I am a sinner. I have fallen short, and my best is not good enough to please God, to walk with God, to even go to heaven. And that's all of us. And that's not putting you down. It's just a reality. Can I interject real quick? Yes. Mike just said, you've got to say my best isn't good enough. Friends, I want you to stop beating yourself up. I'm not good enough. Let me just go ahead and tell you, you're not. You're not. Okay? We aren't. Get over it. 
Right. I'm not. I'm a bad sinner too. Okay. You are not good enough. And the world is trying to tell you the opposite doctrine. If you'll just persevere, you can accomplish anything. You can't. That's why we need a Savior in Jesus Christ. Mike said a wonderful thing about you're not good enough. You're not. And I want to help you gently and lovingly, but firmly, to accept that. You're not good enough, but that's why you need to give it up. Paul said in maturity, he said, there was a time I thought like children, like a child, but I had to give it all up. Friends, you got to give it all up. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. It's good to um, reaffirm the truths that the Word of God gives us so that we can be aware of what God has uh, left in His documents and His Bible for us. But then the other part of that is, is yes, what you feel, oh, I'm not good enough. You're just trying to put me down. No, we want you to be in the position to receive the love and the grace and the power and the blessing of God. We spoke a lot about how we've part of maturity is positioning yourself to do that. And God made a way through his son, Jesus Christ, that to pay for the penalty or the debt of our sin by sending his son, the born of a virgin, the Virgin Mary, many of you have heard that story, and that he was uh, crucified to pay the penalty of our sin, but that wasn't the end of the story. He had such power and such life that he rose again from the dead. Many other leaders and religious people, they didn't rise again from the dead like our Lord. And when he did, he took the keys of death and Hades away from the enemy and now is seated and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father waiting to return which is a part of our glorious hope. So all of these things, we're not just, and we're not just saying, oh, you just do it so you can improve your quality of life. That's not it. You're becoming a born-again Christian by the Holy Spirit that he sent and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ so that you have a blessed hope that he is coming back to judge the, the, the earth and for sin and for, and for salvation. The question is, will you be walking in maturity and be judged for salvation by receiving the gift that he gave so that you could be born again and be adopted into his kingdom, made a citizen of heaven. And Revelation said, your name is then written in the Lamb's book of life so that when all are lined up at the judgment seat, you they check and they see the book of your life and all the sins we've all committed. Oh boy, there they are. But then they cross-reference the Lamb's book of life. Brother, sister, Friend, that's where you want your name. You want your name written in that Lamb's Book of Life on the last day when you when we all stand before God for judgment or reward, so that you can say, "Enter into to heaven today. Enter into the, my glory, my kingdom. Come, my child." That's where you want to be. That's how you. That's where we're headed in this path and this this life of maturity that we're telling you about. And friends, we are not trying to knock you down. If you feel down, that's because you're already down. That's because a sin has got you down. We're trying to help lift you up in the sense that we can't do it, but we know the one who can, and that's Jesus Christ. But I can't lift you up. I can encourage you to take his hand and be lifted up. But see, he, he died and he rose again, which means death no longer has mastery over him. Mm-hmm. And if you believe in Jesus, then death no longer has mastery over you. And if Jesus rose, then he's going to raise you too. That's what we're trying to say. But now that you're walking in that, if you walk in that as a Christian, you got to be in your word. I, I, I will dare tell you, and I believe this with all my heart, if you don't study God's word, you really do not love God. 
I'm going to say it again because some of you ain't biting on this. If you don't study God's word, you don't love God. Ray, you just offended 99%. Fine, be offended. Go read the book. You're going to spend time with what you love. Don't get all your Bible out of me. I'm glad you listen to Set for Life, but this is not enough. You need to eat for yourself. I can't airplane spoon feed you. Right. Go do some of your own eating Mm. and grow. Grow up in the faith. Bigger challenges are coming, and you need to get ready before they show up. God's trying to get you to that level. So, friends, I'm the biggest sinner that you've ever heard from today, okay? I'm, you have no idea the things I've done, but I, ha- I am a saved and forgiven sinner. Right. I could not get myself out of my mess. I was not good enough. The best I had couldn't cut it. I had to come to my Savior to lift me out of it, and you can have that too. Here's how you get it. Say, Father God, forgive me. I have sinned, and I sinned bad, and I sinned a long time, and I ignored you, and I didn't care the first thing about you at all. Forgive me of that. I see you now. I hear you now, and I believe in you now. I understand that you were raised from the dead according to Romans 10.9, and I confess that you are now my Lord. That means you're the boss. That means you take over and fix all this mess that I got myself in that I can't figure out. Get me out of this. I will trust you with everything. I will get my sticky fingers off and let you take over. I give you my life, and I'm sorry for the way I was before. Thank you for forgiving me. I accept your gift of eternal life. I look forward to serving you now today and growing and also getting ready to, with the expectation of serving and praising you in heaven for all eternity. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Mike, we started into this with, hey, let's just ping pong. And Uh I hope I just ping ponged off somebody (laughs) listening to me now. You think somebody got saved? I pray you did. I want you to know, uh, first off, Mike, thanks for being with me again. Uh, Sure. It's always good having you. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Uh, We love you. God loves you. And there is hope. There's hope beyond yourself, beyond this world. Don't look to this world and to man for your hope. Look to the God of glory, the God of Israel, who sent his son Jesus to pay our price and so that we can live with him eternally. I have a friend that recently took his own life, and I think about him often, and any of you are thinking that way, don't go there. That is suicide is not the answer. You have a savior, the king of all creation, the creator of all things. The Lord God wants to help you, but you got to let him give him the chance. Watch what he does. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Amen, Mike. Amen. See y'all next time. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. 
Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life. You'll have all you need. 